Well, hey, everybody. I'm so glad to be here, and I want to welcome all of our locations, East, downtown, online, TV. Once again, so glad that you're joining us. And uh, we're continuing in our series about anchors and looking more at Jesus is our anchor. How do we make sure we're putting anchors down so that we don't drift? And so uh, I want to pause, though, right here and just spend a little time thinking about the story we just heard about the Powell family. That was powerful. And you got to say, and what I want us to sit in is like, kind of answer, why was that powerful? Uh, Because you, I could give you all the stats about, you know, uh, and you just heard them, about what's going on in our community. The amount of uh, foster care that's needed, the orphans that we we have even in, in this area. But you'll forget about that stuff come Monday or Tuesday. What you're going to remember is the family who's got like eight to ten kids, and you're going, man, how in the world are they doing that? Because that story makes it come alive, makes those stats start to mean something. That's that's the power of stories. And so, I I mean, we, we see this all over the place because we have all the information we could ever want at our fingertips. If you want to figure out how to live a healthy life, here, start exercising, start eating well. So many plans to do that. But we all struggle with it until the doctor looks at us and says, if you don't, here's what's going to happen. He tells us a story and we go, don't like that story. Got to change it. And so we have all these stories. And, and I love this quote because I think it sums it up. Tell me the facts and I'll learn. Tell me the truth and I'll believe. But tell me a story and it will live in my heart forever. There is power behind this, and research even backs this up to where it concludes these three truths uh, are just these three things that we recognize. Stories help us remember. Stories generate empathy. Stories bring us together. <laughs> the experiment that they did with this, I would have loved to be a part of because they put everybody in this theater, and they said, okay, here you're going to wear this contraption that was measuring all their just what's going on in their brains, measuring their heartbeat, measuring even if they were sweating throughout this whole movie they were going to watch. The goal was to see how stories impact people as they're just sitting there taking it in. And so as they're doing this, these things start to pop up to where they watch the James, a James Bond movie. I was like, even better. This, this is experiment is awesome. Um, but first thing, stories help us remember. Things start happening in your brain. When you hear a good story, things just start popping. You remember certain things. That's why some of you are so great at movie quotes. It's, it's, it's odd how good some of you are at. A uh, little shout out here, Chris Swartout, West Location. Phenomenal at quotes. I'm always like, how do you remember that stuff? But we remember in a context of a story. We go, I remember these pieces. It just helps us remember better. And there's proof that your brain... Is that causing that? And then I'll skip down to the third one. It brings us together because uh, I got the second one. This is good. Uh, the third one, you recognize it. You see a movie together. You don't even have to be in the same room as that person. But you go, hey, did you see that movie? Man, wasn't it so good? And you share, you now have something in common. I mean, we do this with all things, not just movies. It can be books. It can be sporting events. It can be a lot of things. We have this story to tell. And that's what connects us. But that second one, story generates empathy. This is what got me. Because what also goes in your brain is there's a chemical that starts to go out called oxytocin. 
that starts to give you empathy. You just had it here a little bit. You didn't know the Powell family before. But all of a sudden you're going, they seem nice. I like them. You don't have a clue who they are except for the story. See that happen? James Bond, he's a fictional character. You will never meet him. No. Marvel movies, you will never meet these superheroes. Some of you are just like, you just ruined it. I'm done. I'm out. No, can't do it. But you notice in a movie, we all of a sudden have empathy for James Bond, empathy for Iron Man and Captain America. Why? Because of the story that's being told. And our brain is firing and sending this chemical, and all of a sudden, boom, empathy. These stories have power. And so here becomes an important part to understand. The stories we attach to become our anchor. There's a lot of stories in this world being told. Some of us are making up our own stories about who we are. <laughs> That's fun. Um, uh, some of us are relying on cultural stories. Some of us are relying on religious stories. But recognize those stories start to dictate how you live, how you determine something. Because none of us have made up this new story that no one's ever heard of. The principles to the story, what makes the story great, these stories have been written for all of time. But I want you to see there is a danger in this because I can show you some examples that we have stories going on right now that are hurting us. Uh, if you were to study right now, ages 10 to 14, over these last few years, things are skyrocketing in depression, anxiety, and suicide. I mean, you just see the grass. It's like counting down here and then pew, 10 to 14. Most of the point up to, up to this 10 and 14-year-olds weren't even processed. They were, they were too young in this sense. But now it's happening. Now, some of us, you probably go, question, why? I think like, well, we went through COVID. No, it's not COVID. There is a mark on the graph, year 2012. That's where you just see these things start to take off. The year 2012, you're going, why that year? Was when a lot of young people moved to social media. That was the biggest influx of teenagers, young kids, having access to social media. Social media is telling us a story. The question is, is it actually helpful for us? And we may think, oh, no, like, we get to tell our story. Maybe. But at the core of it, it's telling you some deeper things. I'll give you another example. Politically, right now, we're so divided. We can't even talk to each other if we have different beliefs. And so you're going, where, wait, wait, hold on. Where did that story start? How did that change? Well, we do have a lot of news channels that tell you that's what it should be. We shouldn't be talking to each other. We shouldn't this. They're, they put fear in all of us. And you question, is that really the truth? And none of us know. See, these stories start to impact, and, they, and we think, they're not affecting me. There was a funny example that was given to where, uh, within some of this research, you're, most of us, maybe there's a few of you who, uh, you know, get to a spot in your life and you're just kind of like, especially teenagers, like, you just don't care about cleaning as much. You, understand, you value cleaning a little bit, but then you don't want it to be something that just, you got to do every time someone comes over because you got to show them a perfect house. Like, most of us don't grow up going, that's what I need to do in life. That is so important. But then it goes, but we're all guilty of it. 
That friend shows up unannounced and you're like, oh gosh, my house. This isn't happening. So you hide. You literally hide. I'm not here. I'm not here. This is not. Um, but you know, where's this story coming from? It's because marketing-wise, all these cleaning companies show you this beautiful house. Clean. And you're like, that looks nice. And then over time, it keeps working its way to where you're going, that's the story I want to tell. Well, you see, all these stories can begin to impact, whether there are even some small ones, but there's also some very dangerous ones. So then the question you should be asking, well, what is the best story to be anchored to? Because we're all anchored to one. What's the best story? And I am so glad you asked because I want to make sure you hear about what I think is the best story. The best story to ever attach your life to. And it comes from John 1. John was a disciple of Jesus. He wrote about Jesus. It says this, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Amen. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believe in him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and moved his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen this glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John sets this up and then spends the rest of his writing telling you, I want you to hear this story. Because this story will change your life. It's the story of Jesus who was there at the beginning and created all this. It's the story of Jesus who saw it break in the sense of humanity breaking the relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what does he do? He takes on flesh and goes, I'll pay the price for that so that we can be a family again. Recognize the way Jesus sees the world is that we because of the fall, are all spiritual orphans. But he says, but the true story is, you are part of my family. You always have been, and to me, you always will be. I've made it possible for that. But are you going to choose to stay in this orphan mindset, or are you going to choose to become a child of God? Which story are you going to choose to believe? Which story are you going to attach to? Because if you were to study the word, it's the simple word logos. It means this, speech, discord, doctrine, teaching, account, story. It's Jesus' story. So in the conversation about anchors, here's the anchor. Jesus' story makes our story matter because he's taking us from here to there. And too many of us are trying to get from here to there on our own or some other story. And the danger I see in this is that any other story leaves you over here. And now I could go on and on and explain this to you and give you all the information. 
But I thought would be best is to show you a story of how Jesus did that with someone. How he helped them see, you're not an orphan any longer, you're my child. And many of you have probably heard his story if you've been in church. His name's Peter. And Jesus walked Peter through multiple things. It's kind of four different things. And you can just put this on repeat because Jesus kept doing it over and over and over again. Because one of the first things Jesus is going to do, he's going to do it with Peter and he's going to do it with your life. He's going to have you start somewhere. So the first part, you got to start. There's a moment where Peter was kind of hearing about this guy named Jesus. He might be the Messiah. He's like, I don't know. Many of us have been there. But then Jesus does this crazy miracle where he's fishing, can't catch anything. He says, go on the other side. They pull up all this stuff. And he's like, who are you? Jesus, you might be the real deal. But then it happens again. Another conversation. To where Jesus is trying, hey, I want you to start believing in this. I want you to realize who I am. I want you to start. And so Jesus is having a conversation after he got done teaching with his disciples. And he looks at him and goes, who do you think I am? And Peter's response Ooh, it's good. Look at this. Then he asked him, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, Jesus replied. You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now I love this moment because you can almost picture this. Peter answers it, and Jesus is like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, okay, I got it. I did it. This is awesome. Nailed it. But then the next moment, he's like, and I'm going to build your church. And he's like, cool. I don't know what that means. And he keeps going and explaining it. But Peter's kind of on this, like, he's starting something. Jesus just said, I want you to start this. Peter has no clue what that is. Can you recognize that's how a lot of us are going to start with Jesus, too. I want you to believe this. I want you to understand this. Start Start, and you're going to go, I don't even know how. And Jesus goes, that's good. We're going to go on this journey to get there. Uh, <laughs> uh, right now, I'll give you an example in, in my life as a parent. Um, I have a five-year-old named Avery, and we are learning to read. Hmm. Now, I've got two older ones, and this has been the case with all of them. This is a lesson I go, I want them to learn. I need them to get this, because they may think they understand the read, but they have no idea. They have no clue. But this is a value. As a human being, we need to be able to do this. And as a parent, I've got to coach this. But it's not like Avery's over here begging me to read. I have to think, we need to start this. And so we will have moments where it's like, okay, let's sound out son. S, and you go, son, son. And she says it. I'm like, ooh, okay, we're getting somewhere. And she goes, and stop. And I'm like, that is not the word we just sounded out at all. Not even close. Where did you get the T and the P from? And the O, is, I don't, where are we? Where, and so we're going, what happened? And I think Jesus does this with a lot. And Avery looks at me with just like, I think I got it. I think I nailed it. And even right now, we have to teach her, like, because she is so relational. You teach her to read, and then you're like, okay, sound this out. And she's looking off at everywhere else except the page. And like, hey, focus here. You gotta start. So as parents, and really any, Adult who's ever had to help a younger person start something, you get this. Peter is walking through this, and Jesus is like, you're not going to get all this now because you are in this orphan stage still, but I'm walking you towards being what it means to be a child. And I'm giving you purpose. 
Because hear me, humanity at its core is always looking for stories that help them deal with when they feel lost and lonely. And what Jesus' story does, it gives us love and purpose. So he says, Peter, I've got a purpose for you. Let's go. Now, in this relationship, let's start. There's also going to be this moment where you're going to be stop. Because start and stop, they're like these brothers that never get along. Okay? Because it's just how it works. When you're going to start something, guarantee you, you're going to have to stop something. So in the scriptures, it's funny. You see it play out right away. Peter has this awesome moment. And Jesus is saying, you're going to do this. It's awesome. All right, I get to start this. Then Jesus goes on to explain, hey, I'm going to die. We're going to go to Jerusalem. It's not going to go well. Peter's like, "Mm, don't like the plan anymore. Time out. This is not what I wanted. Did not sign up for this. Uh, You aren't going to die because I need you. Because remember, we started this whole church thing. I don't even know what it means. I need you. And look what Jesus says to him. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. (laughs) What an interesting day. Uh, Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Remind you, he just said, you are the Messiah, then decides to reprimand the Messiah. You ever had a day like that? It's a good choice, you know? Not, Not my best. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Day keeps going down. And you are dangerous, trapped to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. So, Jesus says, hey, Peter, I want you to start this. I want you to build this church. But here's the deal. I'm going to need you to stop trying to control this situation. Mm. Many of us have had that moment where God asks us to start something. Then he goes, but I'm going to need you to stop controlling it. And let me, because it's not going the way you want it to. Been there? Felt that? See, this is where the story becomes real and we don't need to just determine how we become a child of God. Jesus is going, no, 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 I'm, I'm your teacher. I'm your father in this. I'm gonna show you what it means to be my child so that you don't live in this anymore. So you're gonna start, you're gonna stop. I think here's the toughest one. You're gonna stay. Um, with Peter's story in this, keeps going to where Jesus, uh, we kind of know how this plays out, goes to trial, gets accused of things he never did, but things are getting really scary. What Peter was afraid of, that Jesus would die, that Jesus would not be here, is playing out. And in the midst of that fear, he gets some questions from other people like, hey, aren't you that disciple? Don't you know Jesus? Don't you? I mean, we've all been there. It's like, well, what is going on? Why is Jesus allowing this? Why does he not do something in the midst of this? And so he responds, no, I don't know. I don't know him. Says it three times. Jesus even predicted that he would do this. And so you think, Peter's devastated, crushed. I messed it up. Jesus dies on the cross, raises from the grave, and then just go straight to heaven. He had a conversation with Peter. Made sure that Peter would hear this. Look at this in John chapter 21. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus told him and repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, catch that? Third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. 
At this point, Peter was questioning, do I even get to do the thing that Jesus wanted me to start? Or am I disqualified? All of us have maybe felt that in our story, where we felt disqualified. We felt like we did it wrong in shame. But Jesus is coming here like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay. Stay with me. Trust me. And this is why this one's hard, because either one of two things are happening. One is you're feeling this shame that you don't get to anymore. I've screwed it up. I don't get this relationship. I don't deserve grace. I don't deserve this. That's just going to be my story. Or the other one is you're mad at Jesus because things have not gone the way you wanted. Why did that person have to die? Why won't you do something here? Why aren't you fixing this? Why aren't you hearing my prayers? And in these moments where our story is really kind of, okay, what are we going to do here? Jesus steps in and goes, stay with me. Peter, what, you, what I gave you, it's still good. You still have it. And you don't even realize how much you have it. Because I conquered it all. So you can and Peter didn't fully understand it then. But Jesus was coaching him. Hey, hey, don't stay here as a spiritual over. And also, don't just stay as a childlike mind in this. You gotta grow up. Let that love, let that trust keep growing. Let it be built. He's like, I don't want you to stay as the kindergartner who can't read. I want you to grow in this. But there's going to be moments where it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be how you wanted it. But are you going to choose to stay and let the story play out? Because this is the best story. If you choose to run from it, you may miss out on it. So we got to stay. And the last one is go. This is where I feel like it gets powerful. You're willing to start. You're willing to stop. You're willing to stay in some of this. Go is where it begins to go. Faith is built. Because Peter, after Jesus goes up to heaven, there's this moment now that the Holy Spirit comes upon this group of people, and it's a big group of people, and all of them are starting to talk about just the wonder, power of Jesus, and they're all being changed. And people are like, what is going on? What's happening? The disciples are looking at each other like, this seems like Jesus. I think he sent something here. And Peter, kind of like, okay, I'm the oldest of this group. They're too scared. You ever been in that moment? You're like, okay, I've got to do it. I've got to step up. He walks up and starts preaching. You see it in Acts 2. He starts giving this sermon. 3,000 people come to know the Lord. Church is built because he was willing to go. Now, here's the best part of it. Acts 4, catch this. The members of the council, this story was going everywhere. Things were happening. Were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who have been with Jesus. Church, let's get excited about that scripture because you took a spiritual orphan to someone who is a spiritual child and growing to be a spiritual man for Jesus. That is powerful. That changes lives. And he wants to do the same thing with all of you. He says, stop being here because I believe you can be here. And I want other people to see it. And they're looking at him going, who's this guy? He's just an ordinary person. I stand up here going, I'm just an ordinary person who gets the opportunity to share with you about the story that Jesus has changed me. 
wants you to sense that and feel that. That becomes an anchor that makes everything else come alive. And Peter experienced that. He said, I will go. You started this thing. I had to stop this thing. had to stay in these moments. But then you gave me moments to go. All of us have the ability to experience the best story ever. And another piece that makes it awesome is the story is never done. Because our story is never done because of Jesus. Hear me, sometimes the worst part of a good movie is it ends. Worst part of a good story, it ends. This story never ends. It keeps going. It keeps changing lives. It keeps causing you to grow. It keeps pushing you to become healthier and better. And stories that you look back at, it's like, man, I used to be that, now I'm this. I used to be old, now I'm a new creation. God is doing something in me that I never thought could happen. I'm becoming the person I never thought could be. There's no more shame, there's no more guilt, there's still things I'm wrestling with, but I get to be with Jesus. That's my story. I'm getting blessed, I hope you are. I mean, this is good, okay? How do you make this your anchor then? How do you start letting this just well up inside you when you sing those songs, when you experience God's word and you go, that is my God who I get to be with. You walk with that confidence. First thing you gotta do is you gotta start writing out your story. If you want it to be this kind of anchor, do you remember who Jesus is? Write it out. Peter did. He started scribbling it down going, this stuff matters. And one thing I'd recommend is Get a five-year journal. This is something I started doing recently. To where over the years, you just take little notes. Just say, God, I'm praying for this. I'm thankful for this. But then two years later, you're looking back and going, look what God is doing. That moment I was struggling with, he helped me stay in it. That moment I was struggling to stop something, he helped me do it. Your story's not done. So many of us are trying to put a period where there should be a comma. Because your story's not done. But you've got to write it out. You've got to see what God's doing in the midst of this. Our part is we got to choose to remember. Remember that we were spiritual orphans, but now he's giving us this beautiful gift to be part of his family and be his children. You've got to write that out. You've got to see it. And too many times we have excuses of my story just isn't strong enough. It's not great enough. No. Don't, Don't sell Jesus short on that. He died for that story. He rose from the grave from that story. You don't get to tell him that. He goes, no, your story matters because of what I did. So let him. Let him love you. Let him give you purpose. I think you'll be blown away by what happens. But you got to write it. you got to choose to remember it. And here's the other part. you got to share it. you got to share your story. Peter wrote this line. And it's so good knowing his story. 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. If you were to look up that phrase, give the reason, it is the same word, logos. He's like, be ready to give the reason for how Jesus' story has changed you. And his story, he's like, let me tell you. And it was over and over. These weren't just the four moments. I could go on and on. But I also would love to sit with you and hear your story of how Jesus helped you start something, stop something, stayed in something, 
but also sent you to go after something. Stop selling your story short. But also for those of you who've, I've had the same story for 12 years and all you reference is your salvation. No, your story's not done. He's growing you up. He's making you even stronger and a better man and woman for God. Go on that journey of moving from child to an adult like faith. I know for me personally, there's been stories that people have been sharing with me, and this is where it's been powerful, to where they've been an anchor for me. One of the first stories I'll share with you is just all these have been happening recently. Is there's a lady named Lisa. And she showed up to my prayer group, and it, the best way to describe it was she's very nervous, very scared, because her first statement out of her mouth was like, I don't know how to pray. Because all I've learned growing up is that it's a priest thing, that's a pastor thing, I don't know how to do this thing. And I said, that's fine. You come on, you be a part of it. And to see her be willing to show up and stay in it, because there was times where I'd be like, Lisa, you gonna pray? Mm-mm, absolutely not, nope. But then she started to. She started saying prayers. And for me, it was one of those moments where the Bible came alive because I pictured the parable that Jesus is giving to where he says the Pharisee has this incredible prayer. It's all these incredible words, but there's a tax collector over there just beating his chest. And he goes, who really prayed? And there are so many times I sit in that prayer group and I go, God, thank you for giving us Lisa teaching us how to pray. Because I just sometimes need to beat my chest. Because I have a father who loves me. And it's powerful to see it. Other story, Dan. I've been having lunches with him. And recently he even came to me in this lunch, the last lunch, he got vulnerable with me. And he was like, hey, here's what's going on. I know we've just been talking about, you know, just how to be good leaders in, in our work and, and leaders in family, but the truth is, I'm struggling with control. I want to control everything, and it's causing so much anxiety in me. I'm an angry person at work. I'm an angry person at home. And I've, I've started to, I didn't think it was a problem, but I'm recognizing, I started to turn to alcohol for it. And I'm like, got real, real fast. But then he said, but Todd, I hit a breaking point, starting to pursue some counseling. And you could just see it in him. There's this freedom he's starting to find. God is changing his life in such a healthy way. He's still walking through this. There's even Christy. Christy came to my uh, spiritual disciplines group. And we started talking about uh, the passage, because in the scripture, I was like, hey, we're going to learn how to read the Bible and, and learn how to just grow in this. And, and I said, I want you to study the Beatitudes, where it says, blessed is this, blessed is that. And one of the passages that stuck with Christy is, blessed are those who mourn. And she came up afterwards, she's like, I'm gonna tell you something, I hate that you gave me that passage. I was like, well, you can pick whatever one you want, you don't have to stick on that one. Um, and she's like, no, I, I wanna learn what this is. Because if I'm being honest, I lost my husband a few years ago, and we prayed. We, we tried to live it out, we did everything, but God didn't answer it. 
And I've put on the good face. I've put on the, the moments where people are like, man, you're so strong. Okay, thank you. But inside, I'm upset. I'm angry God didn't answer it. What did we do wrong? I don't understand. And how is it possible that anybody could be blessed if they're mourning? And I sat there, I was like trying as a pastor to come up with some answers, but I didn't, it, was, it was awful. I was just like, oh, that's a great, oh, God. Next week, she showed up and I asked, hey, who's, what did you learn over that passage? And she gave some of the most profound stuff about learning to stay and let God heal you. Because in those mornings, that's sometimes when you grow up and become a stronger person than you ever thought you could be. And I look at Chrissy and go, that story? That speaks here. That's an anchor for me. And last one, Jason. Jason has been a guy I've been meeting with consistently. Him and I have been uh, working through, he's been going through a divorce. It's been tough. But one of the things he was fighting to overcome is the shame. He grew up in church. He knew this was wrong, all those kind of things. Struggling with, could God really use me? Can God make this happen? And watching him get through our conversations, be able to find, I mean, there's even moments with tears. He's going, I can't believe God can still use me. I can't believe God still wants me. Church, these stories are anchors for us. We even got to hear the Powell story. These are anchors for us. We have to share because you never know how it could help somebody else have an anchor. But look at yourself and go, hey, is my story attached to Jesus? And am I sharing the stories where he's changing my life? Because I have to. Because all of you share a good story. If you hear a good one, you're like, have you heard this? This is awesome. As Christians, we've got to go after that. Because we've got too good of a story where those who are lost and lonely and who are orphans can be found and have purpose and love and be part of the best family that ever existed. That's our story. That's why we gotta tell it. So I end with this question. How is your story anchored to Jesus? Maybe it starts today. Maybe you need to reignite that. But let your story be powerful because your story matters because of Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for being the God that you are. God, I pray that you would be with us right now. I pray for those who are struggling to believe their story matters. God, may you get that lie out of here. May they understand that you love them, you care about them. God, I love that we can hold this truth that we are no longer spiritual orphans, that we can choose to be part of a family. There's a family that loves us, that gives us purpose, and that family is yours. So God, we thank you for allowing us to be your children. We don't deserve that. But God, may we walk this out. May we share our story because our story is what will help this world know that there is Jesus. God, we pray that in your name.